Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Priest of Copper Beach Financial Group. Gentlemen, it is so good to be back with you guys today. How are you? Doing well. How are you, Eric? I'm doing fantastic. Doing really well. It's been a while. You've been yeah. on vacation. I think we were all on a little bit of vacation and <laughs> you guys all, had another. We're on the island, yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guilty as charged. Okay, we're, we're all taking a break. Yeah. Michael, <laughs> but we're back. Uh, did he behave himself? Uh, yeah, sometimes. I was with all my grandkids. How can I not behave myself? He set a good example. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. And now, after all that fun that we all had on, on different beaches around the world, uh, we're talking about taxes. That's what I hear. Is it, it, what are we talking about today? <laughs> yes, uh, quite the shift um, from an excitement standpoint. Um, <laughs> yes, we're, we'll, we thought we would talk today on the most recent tax law proposal that's been put forth by mm-hmm. uh, Congress thus far. And I think the keyword that we'll probably mention a lot today is the proposal. We don't know if this is going to even come to fruition at all. So, you know, I hope that maybe in another three months, in some ways, this podcast is obsolete, but I do think <laughs> it's important for listeners to really get, get an idea of what's what's out there. If you haven't been paying attention to it, I think it's important to really look at maybe what might change and how it might affect you. And of course, be proactive and talk to your advisors if uh, there's some strategies that you can look at before this law comes to fruition. So... Yeah, there are going to be significant changes if it passes. I know they're struggling as we speak in D.C. trying to figure out the cost of everything and how they're going to, what they're going to cut out or add to it. So we're still, again, to Michael's point, we're all waiting to see on a daily basis what they're what they're focusing on. There's some good news and bad news that I see. I mean, get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Michael's going to kind of run this today because he's our tax specialist and he's been digging into these these tax rules over the last couple months or possible changes. But before we get into that, we just came off, we have an annual conference. I think you recall, Eric, we have our families come in once a year and we have an annual conference where we bring speakers in and mm-hmm. we highlight different themes of what's going on around their world and our world. And it was a, it was a fabulous group we brought together as speaker-wise. Uh, we had guys talk on the tax issues, which everybody was very anxious to hear mm-hmm. their thoughts. Uh, we had an economist speak on where the world was going globally, talked a little bit of politics and what was going on in Washington. So that, that enlightened everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, good news is you think there's going to be a bull market for the next couple of years still, which is interesting. Uh, he sees a lot of potential growth in, in the market still, which is positive for everybody. And that's a, that's actually a, a former guest on this podcast, Paul Dietrich. He's, yeah. he's, mm. We've had him on a couple times. And yep. We're probably overdue to have him back on, actually. But, yeah, he was that um, that, that one of the speakers at our event. Yeah, and, and, he, and he covered a lot of the political and, and global issues. Then we, then we thought we'd have someone to talk on gold and silver, which was fascinating, Eric. Because mm. a lot of people don't know or where gold and silver might fit in a portfolio. And the impact he had on everybody, he said, I don't look at metals as an investment. I look at metals as an asset you move generationally mm. to protect your value of your estate, which was interesting. 
and he got into the global issues with gold and silver, very bullish on both of them, which was, which was fascinating. We're not specialists in that area, so it was great to have him. That we had a gentleman who, our coach, our psychiatrist, psychologist, he was a family counselor. He spoke for a couple hours. Another guest, Jeff Savlov. Yeah, Jeff Savlov, yeah, he was there. Right. So yeah, yeah. Jeff did a fantastic job. My clients, our clients love them. Insight he has on families. And if everyone wants to go listen to his podcast that Michael and I did with him a, a month or so ago, he's a fascinating, very skilled practitioner in that world because that is a very, very difficult world to manage. We, we dabble in it as we've talked in the past. We try to coach families uh, along the way, but we're not specialists and, uh, and he is. So that was great. And then we had someone speak on Bitcoin, <laughs> which was mm. fascinating because everybody, when they saw it on the agenda, they said, you know what? Maybe someone can explain this thing, this stuff to us because I, I, blockchain technology, Bitcoin, Ethereum, I don't know anything about it. But the, the speaker we had, his name was Vin. He did an outstanding job trying to keep it real simple. So our clients left with an understanding on the blockchain world and what Bitcoin and Ethereum kind of position. Again, bullish on those two, but I wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. That's his world. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a fascinating conversation. But the one that had the most uh, impact, we had one of our clients actually agree to speak on ancestry, um, histories of families. And when we talked several months ago, when I talked to her, I said, you know, I'd like to have you speak because, you know, you understand what we do with your family. We look generationally forward. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the families don't understand their past or the history of their family. And they only go back so far. So we want to tie in, before you know your future, you have to know your past, or, or in a way. So we, it went really, really well. But she did it on my family. Mm. And it was fascinating. We went back to Italy, and she found the town my my great-great-grandparents were born in, and hired someone, a researcher in Palermo, Italy, to go talk to all the archives, and they went back to the 1600s to my family. So I learned things at that conference that I was unaware of. Wow. I learned for the first time like everybody else, but the, re the reception we, 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 we received from everybody in that room, it, they were fascinating. Matter of fact, she got three or four emails that day. Can you do mine? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Are you for hire? I mean, it was fascinating. But that's a good lesson to be learned to everyone who's speaking, that we're speaking to today, is that that's a great way to understand the past values of families. Uh, you know, we speak on that a lot and how to, how to track uh, the history and the success of the family and how it kind of developed as a, as a clan. And, and it really, really was well received. So, so we brought up the tax issues at that conference, brought up more of the estate conversations we're having with families. We had an attorney speak on possible state tax law changes. Michael will talk about that today. Uh, but all in all, it was a fascinating uh, conference and everybody's excited about doing the, the next one. But what's interesting is the camaraderie that the families are creating with each other is in, it's incredible. They have friendships now after all these years. Mm -hmm. They look forward to seeing each other. So it's it's way beyond where I thought it was going to be at this, this time frame after six years. But it's magnificent. So remind me again and, and the audience as well, why do you hold these conferences? We do it from an education standpoint. Most of the families we work with are too busy running their companies and running their families. So we always had a, an idea of, of bringing topics of conversation that they might not um, un understand. Like, for example, we did a, a, a past presentation on ESOPs and, 
and, and advanced planning around private placement, life insurance structures, and all the things we've talked about in previous podcasts. These are all topics we've presented to our families because they were unaware mm. of those opportunities to help manage their wealth. And so we, we, we try to do that every year. So the topics are important. We go back to our family and say, what would you like to hear more about? And we try to get the top speakers. But what's interesting, the speakers after the session, they all approached me and Michael said, number one, it's awesome what you guys are doing for your families. Mm -hmm. They absolutely get what you guys do as a practice. And I'm privileged to be part of this group. I mean, you're talking about people like Paul Dietrich, who's on Wall Street Express on, on the TV shows every week. So we, we got some interesting feedback, but it's outstanding. Yeah, and, and just in the number of conferences that I've gone to, one of the things that I have enjoyed from both a participant and also a speaker at conferences is that you are there for the entire conference and you get an opportunity to connect with your audience. Yeah. And also as a participant, you get to an opportunity to connect with that speaker, right? The speaker is going to be there for a couple of days, even though they're maybe they're on stage for three hours and that's, that's their time. Most of the time, the, the most of the conferences I've been to, including the ones that I've spoken at, you're there for the entire time. So you get an opportunity to, to mingle and meet the folks that you're teaching or meet the people that are teaching you and ask follow-up questions. So I think that that's fantastic. And it sounds to me like this is more about relationship building uh, than anything else. I mean, number one, your relationship with your clients, with the education that you provide and just the, you know, the environment, right? You're, you're providing an environment where they can connect with these other families who are maybe experiencing similar things that they are or have in the past um, and I'm sure that dinners are you know fantastic times to just get everybody together and really solidify those relationships and swap some stories yeah it's a lot of fun and and particularly over the last 18 months or so when we've been going through the pandemic we really haven't seen a lot of yeah. our families in face to face so that was I think had a lot to do with really the reception we had this year on top of the speakers being great but it was just really great to see everybody face to face and just spend a little bit of time with them because we missed that yeah but when I when I told everybody when I kicked off the conference I, I said we lost seven people to COVID they thought they died I meant I lost them to come into the conference <laughs> <Yeah>. because, <laughs> and Michael, to set the tone dad you want to back up on that so everyone was laughing but it was but to Michael's point everyone was pretty excited about being there face to face and and COVID wasn't even discussed on any level so everybody was pretty enthusiastic so yeah, it's nice with to that said we're going to continue to do these and again to your point Eric the relationship they're, 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 they're creating with each other and with our team here because my whole my whole staff was there so you get to know my my yeah. whole staff they all became friends and the cocktail parties were were exciting more stuff went on in cocktail parties from conversations because everybody loosens up a little bit oh yeah on a couple glasses of wine and the conversations were deep and very focused and they all had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with all our speakers so it was really good Oh, yeah, that that sounds fantastic to me. Um, I'm so glad that you're doing that and providing that for not only your clients, but your staff, you know, it gives your staff an opportunity to really dive deep into those relationships with the people that they're sure. serving. So that's that's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hi, Mike, you want to kick stuff. off to the negative <laughs> stuff now? Yeah, so, so, so with that, let's, tra let's transition so Michael to, under the bus, Eric. to tax increases here. That would be great. Um, sure. The Grinch. So th as we said at the beginning, this is the most recent proposal that, mm -hmm. we've, that, that we've had out. And so at this point, we're not sure if some, all, none of these provisions are actually going to make it into a final piece of legislation. And in fact, we're not even sure if there will be a final piece of legislation. I know, Dad, you're, you're a little bearish on 
them being able to pass this what is originally three and a half trillion dollar uh, reconciliation package here. So I think you're you're a little bit more bearish than I am on that. But so we'll we'll see we'll see if it even gets passed. They're battling. Yeah, I I do think that actually probably when we're when we're recording this, uh, I think just recently, maybe within the last couple of days, I think a lot of the Democrats have resigned themselves to the fact that that the three and a half trillion dollar number, if anything, is going to get passed. It's it's not going to be at that level. So I think the big challenge that they have is what they're going what that number is going to be what they're going to have to cut out of their their spending package and mm-hmm. then of course what we're going to talk about today is what what impact does that have on taxes and in tax increases and maybe some of the provisions that that we're going to talk about here so again this is important i think to be aware of know what's go, what what might come down the pike here but recognize that a lot of these provisions might actually not make it into a piece of final legislation. So I know we're going to have a follow-up podcast to this where we maybe talk about some planning opportunities or maybe some things that you can uh, do with your advisors in light of this proposal. But again, as a preface, keep that in mind. These are just proposals. Um, so so take it with a, bear, uh, a grain of salt if you'd like. Yeah, and it, but, it, it seems frustrating to me or probably complicates matters due to the fact that this is toward the end of the year and you guys do so much yes. end of the year planning, right? I mean, and right. so it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds as you kind of present this, how it affects end of year planning in its totality and in the individual areas that this tax law could affect. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had probably a similar conversation about a year ago, probably on this podcast, and end of year is always a busy time for us in our industry, and you know the state planning community and the tax community that, that that's a usually a very busy time, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of planning that could be done. So, to your point, Eric, adding this on top of it is uh, we'll see what happens here. So let's jump in. So let's let's take the first provision here, which is from an individual income tax standpoint. So we probably will break this up between maybe some income tax proposals and then maybe some estate uh, tax and estate planning proposals. I think that's a good way to divide it up. But if you look at the uh, individual income tax proposals, the one thing that is comes right at the forefront is an increase of the ta- top marginal rate from 37% to 39.6%, and that would become effective at the start of next year. Now. This is a proposal that, if you look at current law, is this increase is actually already slated to happen in 2026. So this provision would really just accelerate it a few more years, but it is still an acceleration, and it's a it's a, a tax increase for those people that are in that that higher bracket, and that would really uh, apply to if you were a joint um, filer of about four hundred fifty thousand dollars of of income uh, and above. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, there's also really what was, which is new. If you are a very high income earner, and we're talking about five million or more in income of, a, of adjusted gross income, actually modified adjustment gross income, is that there would be an additional surtax of around three percent. So when you start adding up these tax increases, and you live in a a high income tax state like California or New York, really when you sort of add all of these provisions in place, your your top rate between federal and state could actually be upwards in the 50 to 60% range. Mm. And so that's, again, we're, we're not sure if all these provisions will make it into the a final piece of legislation, but it's definitely something to be aware of if you're at that level, particularly if you're a super high income earner, you're gonna be in a significantly high income tax bracket. 
And if you understand that component, if you've been watching the news, which I'm sure we all have, California, New Jersey, and New York, a lot of folks are moving out of those communities and moving to states that have no state income tax mm-hmm. in anticipation of these rates going up. So yeah. it, is it, there's an interesting trend going on, but that, that's been going on for a while. Um, I think New Jersey's ranked number one for exports of of wealthy families going to Florida, which is interesting. But anyway, just a caveat. Well, I mean, and here's the thing is that if COVID has taught us anything, and I'm sure that high income earners, most of them are going to be business owners. So maybe it's a little bit more difficult to, to right. pick up and move. However, uh, there are people that are high income earners that are not business owners that can now work remotely. And why not work from Florida? Why not work from a state that's going to be more favorable to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, I, I've personally been thinking about that for a lot of years now for, with these states that are high income in states, you don't necessarily in certain circumstances, again, to your point, Eric, depending on your line of business and what you do for a living, you don't necessarily have to live there in order to do your job effectively. So mm-hmm. that does change the dynamic a lot. And, you know, you look at a lot of these states, California, uh, I, I, I'm, paraphrasing here i don't know the exact data or i don't remember the exact data but you know you look at the amount or the percentage of income tax that's paid by the top 10 percent of earners and i think it's close to 50 percent or maybe even over 50 percent so if you start losing those that tax base that that has a big effect i think on a lot of these states and new jersey where we live is is no exception to that so yeah it's yeah. a big big issue absolutely so in addition to that the capital gain rate this is something that's been getting uh, a lot of press. And I think if you go back to President Biden's proposals, I believe he proposed to increase the capital gain rate, the highest rate to 28%. They're proposing in this recent piece of legislation to increase the highest capital gain rate to 25%. And again, that's if you are a, a joint filer with 450000 of income. So that is an increase, um, maybe not as much as we, we thought initially, but it is still an increase. So the one thing that, again, kind of maybe sneak peek of, of the other podcast is we're getting a lot of questions on what should I do with that in mind. Now, what's interesting about this provision is the effective date of this provision, at least in the proposed legislation. A lot of these provisions that we're going to talk about take effect at the start of next year. This is a provision that it will take effect upon enactment of oh. the piece of legislation. And so what that means is that really there's not going to be a whole lot of chance between when the bill is passed and the end of the year to really do some planning or to maybe take advantage of the lower income tax rate you have a probably even less of a time um, to get that done if you wanted to be able to get a lower rate at this point so i think that that's something to keep in mind as well Hmm. now the there's some other provisions as it relates to the net investment income tax now that's a a tax. I wanted to touch on this because I think this is a, a big change. The net investment income tax was put in place probably around 2010 or so. And that was really when Obamacare was being um, put in place. And these, this net investment income tax was a way to help pay for a lot of the provisions that were part of that legislation. And it really, right now, under current law, 
is a surtax on again net investment income and we maybe don't have the time to really get into how that's defined and what that means but i think for simplicity's sake it's really passive income so passive investment earnings like interest and dividends capital gains um, certain passive um, rental real estate income things like that there's an additional 3.8 percent surtax on that income on top of the normal uh, capital gain rates or dividends and interest. So that really, under current law, again, would be apply only to passive income. This proposal will apply that to uh, even actively managed or active income as well. So you think of a business owner, this, this, this net investment income tax would apply to that if uh, you are over $500,000 of, of income. I think this is a big change because when you talk about a lot of the families that we work with, you know, they're business owners and they typically they're already in the highest income tax bracket. This net investment income tax and applying that to this active business, uh, it really actually increases their their top rate even higher than that 39 percent that they're already proposing. So I think that that's something to keep in mind as well. I think this is a big change. I agree. Yeah. So you're saying it's what was it three and a half percent increase? Three point eight percent. Three point eight percent increase. Yeah, so just almost a, four. Yeah, so, and you're talking about on the income itself, income to themselves, or are we talking income to the business as well? Right, so in, income in the ordinary course of a trader business is really how Got it's it. defined, uh, where the taxpayer materially participates. So mm-hmm. it's typically, at least in our world, would very likely apply to more uh, pass-through entities like S-corporations, LLCs, mm-hmm. uh, those types of business owners, it would typically apply to uh, that net investment income tax. Yeah, and it just... It's big. Yeah, like, I mean, Michael's it, point, it's big. on a million dollars, you're talking 38,000, if I'm not doing my math incorrectly here, but that's, I mean, right. that's, a, yeah. that's a huge chunk. And it's, I mean, on yep. top of what's already being taken, uh, you know, I never really have liked my Uncle Sam, and it's beginning to sound like a... A lot more people are going to be a little bit more disappointed in them as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this will be an interesting provision. I think, you know, my personal opinion, which doesn't matter in terms of what actually will be final legislation. My personal opinion is that I don't think this will be put in place. I just think it 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 almost isn't in the spirit of what the net investment income tax was designed to do. Mm-hmm. It was really, again, designed to really capture additional income taxes on that passive income, not necessarily on earned income or even earned income in a business. So I think that one might go, but you know, again, I don't have any crystal ball with that. So again, these are just things to keep in mind as you're talking with your advisors. And, and, and I'm not going to get political here, but for a brief second, uh, and the challenge we all have is if you ask the common person in the street, what the debt limit we're at, what, what, what is it? What, where we stand with our debt in our country? They would probably say it's twenty nine trillion. That's all over the news last couple of, last couple of weeks. Actually, that clock keeps going as you as as you borrow more money. Mm-hmm. And pandemic caused a lot of that. I think six trillion. I think it was. Now, if you ask if you ask them what the real debt is of our country, they wouldn't have a clue. You know what it is, Eric? Roughly? No, not at all. Over two hundred trillion. Oh. Now, when I say that. Because we have so many obligations with Social Security and mm-hmm. Medicare, all these f- expenses, and we have the demographic shifts. All us baby boomers, and I'm one of them, are retiring, and we're all going to be in Social Security. And if you look at where Social Security is today, it's at risk of, of, of not having enough money to pay 
for future generations. So you have this you have this future cost that that no one really talks about but we that's why these taxes are being raised and they're not mm -hmm. talking about that but that's really if you look at the scheme here they got to figure out how to pay for all this stuff so we don't think taxes are, are going to go down we just don't know how they're going to go up and it's going to be something that's going to be it's going to happen I, we just don't know what level at this point yeah didn't mean to be a De debbie downer but that's well no i mean how it, it, I all valid points and i'm one thing that i keep thinking about and, and I, i'm not trying to steer the conversation here because we're, we're almost out of time for this podcast but i just think about how past presidents and, and not naming any any of them specifically um some of them worked really hard to make sure businesses stayed in the united states Right. And if we see increases in these different areas, different taxes going up, different, you know, if people are willing to move, we, we all kind of collectively before we hit the record button today kind of joked about working from a beach uh, as we all, you know, we're on vacation. Mm, right. um, you can work from anywhere in the world. And right. what's going to stop some of these companies from saying, you know what, these these subtle increases and we see the writing on the wall. Uncle Sam's going to need to tax more and more and more to make up this money and or reduce you know uh, or fill fulfill their obligations at 200 trillion um i can see companies saying you know i can go someplace else i can start you know i can locate someplace else so i don't have to pay these heavy taxes you know there's a lot of countries that would be happy to welcome them in uh for any manufacturing or anything uh, just to get their dollars and it would be a sure. lot less than what they're paying here so that that concerns me yeah and with that said we'll get into the corporate rates in a second but mm. what's what's important that just was announced? I think there were twenty. What was it twenty countries? I can't remember the number. It just came out the other day. Have agreed to pay a minimum tax on corporate earnings at fifteen percent around the globe. Yeah. Yeah. So so you, you can't move your company to to Burma, as an example, and pay less in taxes. They want to create this flat tax no matter where you move your company. So they're they're addressing all that global movement. So to your point, Eric, I'm, that's a good one. There's going to be a lot of uncertainties on what, what you actually can do mm -hmm. with some tax savings, but they're trying to cover all bases. As you can see, it just proves my point. They're trying to, they're trying to capture more tax dollars because they have to. Because there's so much debt around the world right now, they have to recover somehow, some way. And inflation is going to be a big factor. That's for a call for another day. But as we all know, inflation is going to be a big problem with these issues. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So another, another income tax provision I think applies a lot to, uh, to business owners and, and high-income earners is a tax code section that went into effect in the 2017 tax cuts, uh, the, the TICJA law, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that happened under President Trump. And that was the Section 199A deduction for um, qualified business income if you were a pass-through uh, entity. So if you were a LLC, S-corporation, partnership, you were able to deduct up to 20% of, of your qualified business income. And there's some there's some limitations there depending on the type of business you were in. Again, that's a that's maybe a topic for another podcast. But what this new proposal is coming to is, is stating right now is that that deduction, it will be limited. So if you are a married couple filing jointly, you can only deduct up to 500,000 uh, against that 199A uh, tax provision. So that's another uh, limitation if you are a 
high income earning business owner, you probably have over the last few years taken advantage of that section 199A deduction, you would be curtailed um, under this proposal from doing that at, at potentially your full capacity. Mm. So that's again, gonna increase your, your taxable income, which would then increase the, the tax obligation. So, you know, you put, put all these little pieces together, and this is probably, this level of detail is probably not something you're gonna see on a lot of the, you know, TV, you know, talk shows that are gonna mention the tax rates, hikes, or whatever they may be. These matter in the yeah. aggregate. So I think it's important that, again, if you're listening, pay attention and be proactive with your advisors to to plan. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, in, unless you tell me differently, I think this is a good place to stop uh, and and be ready for that second podcast because I know that you've got a lot more information to cover. But um, we're we're kind of pushing up against the the half hour here. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, th this is a good place to stop on the income tax side. I think next podcast we'll we'll touch on maybe the estate planning pieces because those are. Uh, again, from an advanced estate planning uh, standpoint, a lot of really important changes that could come. Potential in, devastating changes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think that's a good place to stop. All right. And, yeah. and speaking of planning and, and all the things that you're talking about, this podcast and the next one, if somebody doesn't want to wait till the next podcast and, and hear more, um, we want to give them an opportunity to speak to you guys directly. So how do they get a hold of you? Sure. We are, we're both on LinkedIn, Copper Beach as a company is on LinkedIn, myself, my father, we're on LinkedIn. Uh, you can reach us on our website. That's www.cbfgllc.com. And our phone number is area code 856-988-8300. Happy to talk to you. Fantastic. John and Michael, thank you so much for your time today and, and the education that you provide. Um, I, I like the fact that you approach this with kit gloves, if you will. These aren't scare tactics. This is not something that you're trying to, you know, like most of the media out there, they just want to flash something up and get people's attention and get them worried so they tune in more. You're just bringing, yeah. you know, cold, hard truth to the audience in some in some respects. So thank you so much for doing that. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And we all know that when we're getting together for dinners and, and a glass of wine here, and these kind of conversations come up because it's in the news and people are concerned. So share this podcast with them so they can have the same education you just got. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. 
Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, investment advisory and financial planning services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC registered investment advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. Neither Copper Beach nor American Portfolios or any of their affiliated personnel can offer or advise on cryptocurrency transactions, and no offer of a referral to any entity that does handle cryptocurrencies will be provided.